I'm Jason Wade, and you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. I'm Mike. And I'm Aaron. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. To kick off our second season of the show, we are joined by head coach Jeff Jones. Welcome to the show, coach. Thank you, fellas. It's it's unusual to be with you during the uh, the summer, but uh, you know, got a lot going on, and you know, hopefully, we can update folks on everything that's happening with ODU basketball. All right, coach. Before we get to this season, let's close the book on last season. We all know how you feel about what transpired in Pensacola, but after how strong the team finished the regular season, were there any signs or warnings of performance like that was coming? No, not at all. You know, in fact, we kind of were on a roll. We were probably as healthy as we had been in quite some time. Our practices leading up to the tournament, the shoot around the day before, the mood in the locker room, it all kind of pointed to our guys were excited to play. And then I'm still scratching my head. I'm not sure that we'll ever really know why we laid an egg. Texas State played a very good game and, you know, they really responded and not only did they beat us, they won their second game, but I don't have any answer. And I'm kind of done with worrying about it. It happened. I don't have an answer. And hopefully we can avoid anything like that in the future. All right. So the last time we got together, we were talking about your preparations for your trip to Kuwait with the Troops First Foundation for the 2023 Hardwood Classic. Can you talk to us about that trip and how it went? Absolutely. It was a great trip. It was rewarding, as has been every trip that I've made with Troops First. It was hot. It was really hot, about 115, 120 every day. You know, they kind of try to explain it. They say, well, you know, it's a dry heat. It's still 115 or 120. It's probably most similar in the U.S. to, you know, like Phoenix or Vegas, you know, something like that. You know, back in 2008, 2009, I went with troops first in 2008 to Iraq, 2009 to Afghanistan, you know, similar type trips. And, uh, you know, they were just great experiences. So I couldn't wait to get back over there, interact with the young men and women that, that are serving our country and stationed over in Kuwait. We had a great group of coaches. I was one of eight. You know, some names that ODU folks will recognize. Kermit Davis was one. He had been at Middle Tennessee back a few years ago and experienced a lot of success there. He's now retired. He got let go at Ole Miss uh, last year uh, or last spring, I guess, sometime. Tim Floyd, you know, last ODU people uh, had, you know, seen him. He was at UTEP. Pete Gillen, uh, another uh, old timer. It's working now for uh, CBS College Sports. A guy named Mitch Bonagura, who was a longtime coach and is just a really good friend of Pete Gillen's. And I think, you know, he went along. He did a great job, but he went along to make sure we didn't lose Pete somewhere along the way. Gary Stewart, who's the coach at Stevenson College up in up in Maryland, D3 school. And Steve Forbes, uh, who's the coach at Wake Forest. Like I said, just a great group. It was so much fun just being around them. And we did have, you know, a lot of time to talk about basketball. When when Tim Floyd and Pete Gillen weren't telling stories, we were talking about basketball. You know, one thing that happened while we were over there, as an aside, probably, you know, we got there on Sunday, so it was probably Wednesday maybe. And Steve Forbes found out that his wife, Janetta, had a stroke. And so he had to immediately jump on a plane and get out of Kuwait 
it's about a 15, 16 hour trip to get back to DC and then flew in a private plane down to Florida to be with her. And, you know, our prayers continue to be with both of them and that she makes a speedy recovery. You know, it could be a long haul, but he's got, you know, he's getting her the best care. But if people want to put Janetta Forbes in their prayers, I'm sure Coach Forbes would appreciate it. Absolutely. I know we certainly will, Coach. All right. So before we get to all the new guys, I know you like to talk about your dudes that have been around, you know, already. So let's talk about the returners. I'm not going to name them all. I will say that when Mike and I had an opportunity to go check out a workout, it seemed like Chauncey had grown over the summer. But if you could let us know how they've progressed this offseason and what fans can expect. Well, you know, I think it was a very positive summer. Chauncey, I think, has grown both taller and as a player last year, play, you know, kind of being forced to play the point, you know, I think helped him. We'll see how many minutes, you know, he's playing as the point and how many he's playing off the ball. But, uh, you know, I fully expect that he's going to have a great year, you know, doing both. Emo's back. And what we've seen from Emo is more confidence. He knows what we want. He's kind of, you know, less often is he in between. You know, sometimes he would attack and just kind of be all or nothing. Sometimes he would be hesitant. And what we need him to do is understand, you know, when to attack and when not to. And I think he's getting a better feel for that. His confidence grew. And, uh, you know, I think I, I doubt seriously, I, you know, I, 25 minutes a game last year was, seemed to be a lot for him. I think if we can get that 25 down to, you know, 21, 22, and it doesn't seem like that big a difference, but it can be during the course of a game. So with the, you know, the talent and the depth we have in the backcourt, I think that's definitely possible. And we'll see Emo end up being more efficient and more effective overall. Dorico has just been really solid, you know, continuing to, you know, do what he did last year, you know, doing a great job of, you know, the setting the screens and rolling hard to the basket. One thing that I, I think, and we've talked to him about, you know, being able to do and use it as, a, you know, an offensive option is hitting that intermediate jump shot. And if people noticed last year, you know, he, he would kind of pick and pop and he'd get it. It was such a slow de delivery. And what we're trying to do is just, you know, pop and just rise up and knock it down, you know, a, a little bit quicker release with the shot. But I think he's ready to go. And, you know, he, 20 minutes a game last year. 21 minutes and obviously did a very good job defensively, very good job on the offensive boards. Most of the time, a good job you know, on the defensive boards. We'd like to be able to see him, you know, his minutes, you know, go up a little bit, but to be much, much more efficient. I think the huge key for him uh, in terms of being better this year, finishing around the basket and not turning the ball over. He had way too much, way too many turnovers. You know, he's just got to, you know, ha have in his mind a risk versus reward. And, you, you know, you can't try to make that 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 great play all the time. You just got to be solid. And, you know, if you're solid every possession, usually that that's going to, you know, that's going to be a positive outcome there. Who else? Bryce Baker. Probably of all the guys on the team, Bryce has had, you know, the biggest jump last spring and this summer strength wise he's worked all of them are doing a great job in the weight room but bryce just visibly looks stronger more confident more aggressive you know he's been coached so he knows more of what we want and i see him as being a, a big part of our team this year he is without a doubt he's our best shooter there i don't know who's putting him out but there's these 
things coming out, these graphics coming out about Sunbelt, like who's the best dunkers or the top freshmen or the best shooters. The fact that Bryce Baker wasn't on the best in the top 10 best shooters in the Sunbelt, A, there must be a lot of, you know, just really, you know, a hell of a lot of good shooters, right? Or B, whoever's putting it out really doesn't know what the hell they're talking about because Bryce Baker can stroke it. Now, you know, he, he was up and down a little bit last year, but, you know, I've seen it over and over. The guy, the guy can shoot. We want him shooting and being aggressive and seeking out his shot. So, you know, we don't have an abundance, I, you know, in recruiting, you know, we got some really good players, but, you know, we didn't add a ton of three-point shooting. But, you know, Bryce is a guy that, you know, by himself, I think he can make us a more dangerous team beyond the three-point line. We haven't seen Coop that much this summer. You know, as a walk-on, you know, he's got to pay his own bills. So Coop's been working construction and landscaping, I think, this summer and, you know, trying to make some money. We saw him, he'd come in and lift and do that kind of thing, but he wasn't able to uh, participate in the team workouts. And Jason Wade looks looks terrific. He texted me right when I got back. It may have been when I was in Kuwait. You know, they had a couple weeks off after the workouts and summer school ended. Jason's down to about 2.30 um, and, uh, you know, moving quicker. And I did see him in a situation. He ripped baseline. The help wasn't there. And he went up and he, off one foot, he went up and he dunked two-handed. There's not a chance that he could have done that a year ago. So he continues to make strides. And, you know, I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed. And, you know, he's working. And, you know, every day he's the same great kid as always. So I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table this year. Well, I'm excited. I know when we went and saw practice, Jason's biceps was humongous. Like he had been hitting the bench and the push-ups pretty hard. Uh, happy for him. Can't wait to see him back on the court. All right, so there's eight new faces on the roster this year. Let's start with the freshmen, Danny Pounds, Deshaun Allette, and his twin brother, Yamari. Danny is super athletic. I mean, we knew that, but we've seen him, you know, firsthand. He's the kind of guy, and I think I told you guys this before before practice started, like he he's going to do something in practice athletically, you know, catch a lob and dunk it or rip it and drive and dunk on somebody every day that you, you don't expect. And it'll just kind of, you know, make your, you stand there with your mouth open. You know, we're trying to keep things simple for him in, in, in terms of, you know, position and all of that. But he may be a guy that, you know, eventually we don't want to rush him. Maybe the same way that it happened with Bryce last year that, you know, instead of just kind of giving us minutes in the five, five position by committee, we may try to slide him over to the four. Ultimately, that will be his position. He's shown in the summer he can shoot the stationary three. And as I said, he's really athletic. Vashon, you know, is still rehabbing his knee. He's looking great. The rehab's coming along really well. He can do some basketball stuff, you know, get out and shoot. He's got a weird looking shot. So the first time people see it, you know, they'll be like, oh my goodness, what's going on? But that sucker goes in the basket. I, I'm so excited about Vashon. He can't wait. I mean, we have to keep him off the court. I mean, he'd be out there trying to dunk and do things because he just loves to play the game. But, you know, he's right on schedule. And, you know, it's hard to predict exactly when. But I would say probably early October 
Uh, we could get him out on the court, maybe a hundred percent full strength. And then it's going to take him a while, right? Cause you know, the, even if your knee is strong, you, you gotta, you know, he hasn't really been doing a ton of live basketball. And so there's an adjustment period, but uh, certainly by conference play, I would hope that, uh, you know, Vashon's going to be ready to go. Yamari, you know, we, we said coming in, you know, that it's going to take him a while. He's worked hard. He's getting his body, you know, he's getting in shape. He's changing his body and learning what college basketball is about. And, you know, I think he'll be, you know, a great practice player this year and really push the other guys and make his contribution in that way. So uh, we talked a little bit about this, but recruiting in Canada, it, it's obviously something new for your tenure at Old Dominion. Does bringing in international players have its own challenges? Sure. He, you know, bringing in international players, you know, you're dealing with visas, you're dealing with tax law, you're, you know, there, there's a lot of different things, you know, you bring them in and they've got to go to international orientation and there's more paperwork and all of that. So it is more complicated, but it's not hard. And we've got three more three more Canadians that'll be coming down for visits in the coming weeks. And for those that, you know, follow basketball recruiting, you know, there's some pretty good ones. So, you know, we've kind of found that pipeline. Vashon's people that, you know, the AU program and high school and everything have been great to work with. And they've got other young players. And because Vashon's here, those really talented Canadian players from that program want to come look at Old Dominion. So we're excited about that. That is super exciting. All right, Coach. Of those eight new faces that Mike mentioned, two of them are Juco bigs. What can you tell Monarch Nation about Sam Hood and Leroy Odiai? Well, unfortunately with Sam, it was probably his third or fourth practice and he sprained his knee. And so we weren't able to see a whole lot from Sam. But, you know, he's already back. He's one of the first ones back working with Jason Mitchell and Tim Saha in the weight room and in the training room to get that knee ready to go. I think by the time we get started, uh, not next week, but the week after, you know, I think he should be cleared and ready to go, but he was limited this summer. Leroy is, you know, I I guess you would say better than advertised and, you know, his coach and, and people that were familiar with him, you know, told us all along that, Look, he just didn't get to play that much because they were a really good team and they had other big guys, which, you know, we thought that looking at the film, but you never really know. He's come in. He's not a guy that is going to score a whole lot of points, but he's long. He's, you know, 6'11". He's got good timing, good vertical, you know, jumping ability. You know, at the rim, we've seen him be a, uh, a very good, very effective rim protector. He's very vocal defensively does a great job in, in, in ball screen situations and especially trying to do it the way we want to do it. You know, he gets out there, he can move his feet, you know, at the other end, you know, he's a great runner and he can, you know, he'll catch the dump offs, the lobs, you know, for dunks, you know, we, we don't look for him. We're not going to throw it into him in the low post and, you know, try to get him to make back to the basket moves. That's, you know, hopefully down, down the road right now, he can get offensive rebounds, as I said, the ball screens and roll, you know, and, you know, just be all over the offensive boards. But we're excited about Leroy, a great, I started to say kid, a great young man, smile on his face, lots and lots of energy, 
so grateful to be at Old Dominion, so grateful to have a scholarship and being in this country. You know, he's just a lot of uh, a lot of positivity to be around. When we were there, he certainly looked like he was very coachable. Whenever one yeah. of you guys were talking to him, I mean, he was dialed in and paying attention. Yeah, and that that is is a big part of the the information that that we got the scouting report on him is that he was a very coachable player. All right, and finally we have the transfers. We have guards Devin Caesar from Buffalo and Tyrone Williams from Oregon, as well as R.J. Blakeney from Dayton. Yeah, now Devin is, you know, he's probably 5'11", I would guess. And, you know, I've seen him listed 6'1", 6'8", no way. He's about 5'11", uh, maybe on a very athletic team. He may be the best athlete. He is an absolute jet with the basketball. And if you're not, you know, if you're not careful, he might get in there and all of a sudden raise up and dunk on you. You know, he has shown, he, you know, he can knock down a three-point shot when his feet are set. And when he's on balance, if he's trying to do too much and shoot it, he drifts. But the big thing for Devin is kind of decision-making and being under control and, you know, knowing when to attack and how to attack, you know, we'll continue working with him on that. It's really hard to stay in front of him. In fact, I would say almost impossible one-on-one. And so I think as we can work with him and he can develop and learn, you know, his ability to play make. And I know he's only 5'11", but for now, for now, we are going to we are going to be playing uh, Devin off the ball rather than as a point. And then eventually, I think he could, you know, be that combo guard. Ty Williams, another really coachable guy, great personality, soft-spoken, maybe the quickest first step. Certainly, the quickest first step we've had at Old Dominion, maybe that I've had in my coaching career. You know, as Dana Altman, the coach out at Oregon, told me when I called about Ty, he said he wants to go left. Everybody in the gym knows he wants to go left, and still he gets there. So, you know, he has, I I think, an ability to score. A lot of what we saw this summer is he's trying to fit in. Uh, And so he didn't try to do too much. And, you know, we want him to, you know, we want him to blend in, but we also want him being aggressive. And, you know, I think with time, you know, with time, we'll see him get more and more comfortable as practices and games go on. And then finally, R.J. Blakeney. You know, R.J. was a guy at Dayton, obviously played a lot of minutes on a, you know, very good team, was very well coached. I think his move, you know, wanted to get a little bit closer to home, but the big thing was to have a bigger role, I think. He is, I think it's safe to say he's our most, most versatile and probably our best defender. I think I can already say that. I could see putting him on uh, anywhere, you know, point guard to a four-man, whoever the opposition's best, you know, best player is. Offensively, you know, he has the ability to, you know, to put the ball on the floor. He's more of a straight-line driver as opposed to a guy, you know, that's going to change directions. You know, not as much wiggle to his game, but, you know, he can take it strong to the basket. He's, uh, you know, got the high release and really long arms. He can get the mid-range and, you know, knock down some of those shots. And I think he's a work in progress as far as his three-point shooting. He's not a bad three-point shooter, but he's, he, I don't know that I would say he's a really good one. You know, we just need hundreds and thousands of, of repetitions for him to really get comfortable there. All right, coach. So you mentioned earlier on the Scott Jackson show that you plan to go with a 4-1 offense. So four guards and one big. 
what led you to that decision and will it provide a much different style of play this year than last? Well, what led us, you know, I think what led us was, you know, when Makai left, uh, you know, we, we recruited, we identified some guys in the transfer portal as four men that we'd be interested in bringing in. And, you know, that just didn't work out. And rather than try to recruit uh, a four men that we didn't like or that we weren't excited about, we said, let's go after, you know, some more of these, you know, big wings, these, you know, athletic attacking wings. And so when we looked at our roster, it, it was pretty obvious, you know, let's get th- these guys are our best players, most talented players. Let's get them out there on the court. So, you know, guys like RJ and Ty and Bryce and Chauncey, you know, all six, four to six, six in there, long athletic can do things with the ball. And then, you know, throwing in, you know, Emo, Vashon when he gets healthy, Devin, you know, Jason Wade, you know, we've got a lot of depth and a lot of options there. And so I think that's playing to our strength. As far as, is it a big change? We'll see how big. I mean, you know, I'd like to, I mean, my idea is to get it in. And again, we're not going to be, I mean, people would laugh. People that know me would laugh if I tried to pretend like we're just going to fly up and down the court. You know, it's just not who I am, but the way for us to win is to play more of a free-flowing, up-tempo, what we call spread offense, which is four out, two at the guard spot, two down in the forward spot with the big man, you know, sprinting up to set, you know, high ball screens. It's a lot of what a lot of folks have done, both in the NBA and at the collegiate level in, in recent years. And, and we're, you know, we're looking to take advantage of just the players that we have and the skill set that they bring. And I do think it'll be different. I do think it'll be less patterned. But, you know, quite honestly, when you look at our team last year, we were at our best. And looking at the analytics, we we were at our best when we got out in transition. And, you know, we were more efficient. We scored more points per possession. You know, when we got out, that's where Chauncey was really good. That's where Makai was good. And so we're just going to try to expand on that, I think, and be better at doing that than we were a year ago. I can't confirm from what the little that we saw the team the team is definitely faster. So that's exciting. We're looking forward to seeing that. So continuing with what we just talked about, what strengths and challenges do you see this team presenting to the opposition? And are there any areas of concern that you have for this squad that you need to work on before the season starts? Well, the number one concern is defensive rebound. I mean, without a doubt, that's an area that Quite honestly, in in the 10 years that I've been at Old Dominion, we've never really worried about it. You know, there was always something that, you know, we were going to be good in in that area kind of regardless. This year, I think we can be solid there, and we need to be if we want to run. It's hard to run if you're taking the ball out of the net. You know, you you got to rebound the ball. It's a mindset. It's about sticking your nose in there and going and getting the basketball and doing it as a group. You know, it's kind of like guerrilla warfare. You're coming from all over the place. You know, it's not just one, you know, just waiting in there. So, you know, I think we'll get there, but that's a concern going in. And then as, as far as strengths, you know, I do think our team speed and athleticism, even our centers, you know, run really well in our depth. But I think the ability at four spots on the floor to really attack off the bounce and force help, you know, force teams to pack the lane. And then when we do that, somebody's got to knock down some threes. And I, you know, I, I talked about Bryce Baker and he's going to be crucial. You know, I, I think Emo is shooting the ball a little bit better 
Chauncey, you know, he shot the three ball well last year. It's just he didn't shoot it much. You know, we've got to get him to be comfortable maybe shooting the ball more frequently from being on the arc. But I think, you know, let's say there was a lineup in there with, you know, Chauncey, Bryce, RJ, and Ty. Somebody's four-man has to guard one of those, and that's going to be a problem. So uh, unless they just back off and then, you know, then we'll have to, you know, knock down the shot. But, you know, those guys, certainly our guys certainly have the potential to, you know, to really drive that ball and force defenses to react to us. All right, Coach. Last year you walked us through the realities of scheduling for a mid-major. In putting together this year's schedule, it's clear there's some creativity and pivoting from decisions of the past. We're not playing a MEAC this year, and we're playing JMU in non-conference play. Were there any (laughs) interesting stories or issues you ran into this offseason? Well, the reason we aren't playing a MEAC school is because we had an agreement. We sent the contract, and they – that's a nice way of saying it. They decided – they broke their word and decided that they wanted to try to get more money from another team. So that's why there's not a MEAC school as a guarantee. I think that game ended up being Radford, maybe. You know, Princeton was a late addition to to it, and they were just looking for a game. And, you know, I'm not sure I'm excited about playing against the Princeton offense, but, you know, that they're a good team. They made the Sweet 16 last year. So, you know, we wanted to do that. I think that you know, gives us overall a strong slate of home games. You know, we had the MAC challenge uh, this year, which one home, one away. We know we'll play Ball State away in January. We won't know until two weeks before, I think it is, who we play in February, and they will come to us. James Madison, that took a lot of prodding, but, you know, we're appreciative that they kept their word. We had a, a previously signed contract before we got in the same league, and they owed us a game. And unlike Maryland, who had a signed contract and just broke it and kind of snubbed their nose at us, James Madison, you know, kept their word. And so we've got them for a home non-conference contest in addition to a home and away, you know, conference, Sun Sunbelt Conference games. It was probably the most challenging year for scheduling that that I can remember. Kieran Donahue did a great job of just staying after it. You know, coaches aren't the best. They'll just put you off, you know, and, you know, and they'll tell you, yeah, I think we got something. And then, you know, then you turn around and a week later, it's not the case. So Kieran did, you know, it's a lot of calls, you know, just a a lot of emails, a lot of frustration, but we hung in there and it ended up, I don't know how other people feel. It's a pretty daggone good schedule. Uh, Hopefully not too good. All right, coach, before we wrap this thing up, you have your golf tournament. It's September 7th, noon at Cedar Point. Talk to Monarch Nation. If people aren't signed up yet, tell them why they should. Well, number one, because it's, I mean, it's fun. It's a great course. And, you know, it's always a, 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 a fun day. Our players will be out there the entire day. We rotate them out there. So if you want to, you know, they'll be spread out at different holes. You want to hit some some golf balls with our guys. You want to interact. If, you know, somebody you want to ask a question to, Obviously, the whole staff will be out there. So I do think it's a good time. And Cedar Point does a, we were there last year. They do a fantastic job and it's a beautiful course. But for reasons beyond that, you know, we're always college athletics. You're always trying to balance the budget and be able to do things that, you know, that you need to do to have a successful program. 
the golf tournaments for us, for football, for baseball, for, you know, all the different sports, these golf tournaments allow us to do, you know, things that we might not normally be able to do that, that make a significant difference, you know, for the program. And, uh, you know, by coming out, whether you want to, you want to play, if you want to sponsor a whole, uh, the sponsorships are, are great too. If you can't make it out on the seventh, but you want to sponsor it, you know, as I say, it, it helps, it, it, it helps the program, you know, to get done what we need to get done, particularly in a year like this, where let's just say the budget hasn't been kind. So, you know, if, if people want to support men's basketball, coming to the golf tournament or sponsoring a hole is, is a great way to do it. Well, we will be there, coach. We can't wait for it. We hope all Monarch Nation shows up for it. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and go Monarchs. Go Monarchs.